0: Well, if you have your Bible today, why don't you turn to the book of Mark, Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one, if you have your Bible, just raise it up, just kind of wave it a little bit in the air, make the devil nervous. You know, he doesn't like the Word. Right. Say, say this out loud. Say, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I confess that I will be taught the Word of God today. My mind is alert. My heart is ready to receive. And I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. And I'll never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, people need to know that they come to receive something from God. Mark chapter 1, and I want you to look in in um verse 14 oh look in verse 13 and he talking about jesus was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of satan and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him now after that john was put in prison jesus came into galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god and saying The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now it goes on to talk about how Jesus started to call his disciples. But notice Jesus, when he came on the scene, he said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. As believers, we should be interested in the things that Jesus is interested in. As His disciples, Jesus is interested in the lost being saved. He's interested in people, the lost being filled with the Spirit. He's interested in them growing up in the things of God. So we too should be interested in those things as His disciples. A disciple just means a learner, a follower, someone who follows after him. And so Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. One thing that we want to do as believers is build his kingdom. You know, one thing we don't want to do is just try to build our own kingdom. And, you know, many people in life and in the world, they're building an enterprise, a kingdom, but 100 years from now, where will that be? If it's not eternally based and if it's not built upon the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God is actually the place where the king has dominion. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is, if you break that word down, the king has dominion. Where Jesus is Lord. Jesus said, if I be lifted up. Now, we we know he was talking about the cross and being lifted up on the cross. But even today, Jesus being at the right hand of God, if When we lift him up, when we put him first, when we put him above the in front of the people, as we lift him up, the Bible says, he will draw all people unto himself. So that's what the the believer is supposed to just reflect, the glory of God. We don't just receive it for ourselves and say, oh, yeah, look what I did. What do we do? That glory is reflected off of us, and we give him all the glory. So people... Or not just impressed. You know, even with a good testimony. I love good testimonies. And and a testimony is supposed to inspire your faith. It's supposed to make you say, wow, you know, if God did that for somebody else and it did it for them, he'll do it for me. Because the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for me. But, you know, sometimes a testimony, well, uh, sometimes it can be an agamomony. It can be like, you know, well... If you think that's bad, let me tell you what happened to me. And the devil's been after me all week. It's like the one woman got up, she testified and said, well, the devil's been after me all week, bless his holy name. Well, you know, that's not something that's going to glorify God. But a good testimony, I love to hear a good testimony. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. What was his first message? Repent. You know, that's not a word that we like today, is it? Repent. But I want to share this morning on being committed to the kingdom of God. Being committed to the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? As we said, it's the place that the king has dominion. And so, as I was starting to share, what does a good testimony do? It glorifies the Lord. It's not for us to say, well, you know, praise God, I heard, I heard about that. You say, well, yeah, I did believe real good. And, yeah, I did stand really good. And, um, boy, you know, I, all the you know, giving glory to ourselves of what we did. Well, if the truth be known, God had to send 10 people to prop them up. They wanted to quit 12 times. And then by the grace and mercy of God, it happened. But you know what? Boy, I sure was good. I sure was strong in that. No, all the glory goes to God. And so what, any good testimony, anything that we receive of the Lord, it should be an encouragement to others about his goodness. Hallelujah. So we're talking about being committed to the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Notice what Jesus said in the book of Luke, chapter 17, and verse 20. It says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees. Now, you know, it's pretty amazing. The Pharisees, they demanded of him, it said. They didn't just say, Master, Rabbi, we'd like to know this. They demanded of him when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Or the margin says, with outward show. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Say, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is within me. within me. You know, that's one thing we see with the uh, disciples. How many remember over in the book of Acts, chapter 1, the Bible talked about that those came, those disciples after the resurrection of Jesus, they came to him. In Acts 1-6, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? See, that's what they were expecting. In fact, in, in early church history, they were expecting the return of Jesus so much that, that people didn't even work. Hey, I don't need to work. Jesus is coming back. Right. You know, people have thought that through the years. When Jesus is coming back, I don't... You know, I don't need to get married. I don't need to have a family. I don't need to work. I don't need this. No, the Bible says occupy till I come. What does that mean? I'm going to be busy about kingdom business. I'm going to be busy about multiplying my talents. I'm going to be busy. And so when the the Lord of the harvest comes back, I'll have something to give him. Lord, here, I gave you back. You remember the the one talent. What did he do? He buried it. The others, the the guy with five, he said, hey, I'm going to trade it. Lord, and he, he came back to him, and he said, Lord, I made five more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. The guy with two, he multiplied it. He had four. And then what happened? Well done, good and faithful servant. But the other one, he said, I just have the one. He said he went and hid it and buried it. A lot of people are just hiding their talents. So he hid it, and he buried it. He came back, he said, you wicked and slothful servant. You could at least put it in the bank, and I could have made interest on what, and when I came back to get it. And he said, you know, depart from me. And so we want to be faithful with what the Lord gives us. <clears throat> but this is what they said. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So He, what happens, he's saying, Hey, it's, it's not the time now. And you know, even on the earth right now, we're not bringing the kingdom of God to the earth right now. We're not trying to, the Bible says though, that, that pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the earth is not going to be the kingdom of God. Jesus is going to do that at some point. And the curse will be lifted. But, but you know, it's not going to be heaven or earth. The Bible says that, that evil men shall wax worse and worse. We're not going to make it heaven before Jesus comes back. How many know what I'm saying? We're not going to make it to be perfect, some spiritual perfect place before Jesus comes back. That's why we have a work to be done. That's, that's why when, when the church finishes its mission... During the church age, then the, we see the rapture of the church. We see um, going into uh, the great tribulation. And then we go into the thousand-year reign with Jesus. How many know that's a good thing? Amen. So we're not going to make this earth perfect. And we're not going to save the earth. But we can, as Deuteronomy 11.21 says, we can have days of heaven on the earth. But now, we have a work to do. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, in the last days, perilous times shall come. What does that mean? That means hard times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. What, what's the root cause of so many problems in life? It's selfishness. The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And so, men shall be lovers of themselves. It goes on to say lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god that's indicative of where we live right now we're in a in a place in an age when people have more love for pleasure than they do god you know and i even as i told my wife especially in this town you, you have a, a, a God with an altar, and it's called sports. Now, I like sports, and I do things, but, you know, I'll just tell you, I mean, like, kids in school, from the first day of school to the end of school, they are just caught up with, with sports. And it's not like it was when I was growing up. Yeah, you might, there was no traveling teams, you know, for one thing. But it's just like, okay, you're over here, you're over here, you're over here, you're over here. And it's just, and if you're not part of that clique, then you're nobody. That's a God. That's a false God. Or are my kids in sports? Yes, and they enjoy it. Yes. And so he said that there's going to be in, the hard, in this time, hard times. But, but people will be lovers of themselves, all these things. So we're not going to make the earth better. But what are we going to do? We're part of a kingdom that shall know no end. The Bible says that we are just pilgrims passing through. Amen. Amen. So what do we do? We get our eyes off of just this natural world. We get our eyes off of just, yes, enjoy life. Yes, live it to the full till it overflows. But know that one day we're going to step out of this body, and, and that's when we really start living. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But I want you to look um, back at our text. And I'm going to probably do this in two parts because, honestly, I I, I wanted to hit, just break one verse down. But if I didn't give a um, foundation for it, you may not um, get the full import. So we might do this in two parts. But Mark chapter 1. Notice he said, the, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and, be, and believe the gospel. You know, a lot of people, and maybe you've heard this before, and, and you hear what people say about the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus came and preached love and acceptance. That's what a lot of people say. Well, you know, Jesus came to preach love and acceptance. Wrong. Jesus came and preached repentance. Now, yes, he loves us. Yes, he accepts us the way we are, but he doesn't, you know, people just, you know, a lot of times people have religious ideas. Well, you know, the Lord just loves me as I am. Well, he loves you, but in spite of the way that you are. You don't have to love everything about a a person to love that person, do you? And so Jesus came preaching, repent. That's the same thing that John the Baptist preached. Hallelujah. And then if you look over in uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Truly I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So as as people of God, we have to remain as a little child. Not childish, but childlike. What does that mean? You know, a child can receive easily, can't they? You know, you offer them something, you give them something, they just, they receive. They, they just, they believe too. Quick to believe. And that's the way that we should be. The Bible said in Mark 15 43 that Joseph of Arimathea, he waited for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Everyone say the kingdom of God. So what are we supposed to do now on the earth? We're supposed to build the kingdom of God. And that's one person at a time. Over in Luke chapter 4, you don't have to turn over there, but in verse 43, Jesus said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. So Jesus in fact, the whole ministry of Jesus, the Bible says, he preached the kingdom, he taught, and he ministered to the sick. So that's something he did all the time. Matthew 4.23, in fact, look at that sometime. But that's, that was the ministry of Jesus. And he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Hallelujah. The Bible in, nine, in Luke 9 verse 62 says this, that no man... Putting his hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That means that when we we turn to Jesus, we follow him all the way. There is no turning back. You know, the Bible talks in the book of Hebrews about the Hebrew Christians who, it said that, um, you know, they they, they were tempted to go back into Judaism and different things. They said that they would be counting the blood of the covenant an unholy thing. Why? Just saying that Jesus' blood is like any other blood, because they would—that's what they would have to do if they went back to Judaism. Well, let me tell you, there's nothing to go back to. No man putting his hand to the plow looking back. You know the Bible tells us about Lot, who who was Abraham was with Abraham, and uh, they were related. And he, you know, they go into this one country and. The Bible says that that of course you know big mistake he pitches his tent towards Sodom. you know everyone knows Sodom and Gomorrah for one thing it was burned with fire <laughs> I mean that, that that's the big thing that um, the, the angel told him and said, "Get out of here, leave don't don't even waste time, don't even get your stuff, just get out of here And the Bible says that that Lot's wife. Looked back. and Yeah, and what is she known for? She turned into a pillar of salt. All, uh, that word is actually sulfur. So she became the very thing that she looked back to. You know, there's a spiritual principle that we always have to realize. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. If you, be, if you behold filth, then you become filthy. If you behold Jesus, you become more like him. If you behold the things of God, then you become like those things. So, you know, if there's something in your life that you don't like, just just turn the channel. Spiritually speaking, turn the channel. Start focusing on something else. See, that's what Joseph did when he was tempted. How many remember Potiphar's wife? She came in and said, lie with me. Well, that's pretty plain, isn't it? And he said, no, you know, I can't do that. And, you know, I can't do that against God or my master. <clears throat> and the Bible says he took off and ran. Sometimes you don't need to explain anything. You just need to run. Amen. You need to run and just say, you know, I, I, I don't need to be in this place. You know, I got to get out of here. Sorry, you know. You know, people might think you're crazy, but at least you protected yourself and you got out of there. Amen. Hallelujah. But talking about the kingdom of God the Bible says over Luke 12 32 that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom because He's a good God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John 18 verse 36 Jesus says my kingdom is not of this world. <coughs> My kingdom is not of this world. If you remember, they came to Jesus to take him. <clears throat> and the, um, Pilate said, you know what? I have power here. He said, you have no power unless my father gives it to you. Jesus said, I could call down legions of angels to save me. And he said, you know, if my kingdom was of this world, then they would hear me, and they would rescue me. He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. So that's what Jesus, we're not, we're not trying to establish the kingdom now. Jesus will do that, and he's well able to do that. Amen. And he's going to set it up during the millennium. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But how do we, talking about the kingdom, how do we enter into the kingdom of God? How do we make the kingdom a priority in our life? Well, John three verse three says this: "Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." So, how do we be? How are we? How are we um, a part of the kingdom of God? How do we become a part of the kingdom? We're born into it. Except a man be born again, Jesus said. Because Nicodemus said, "Lord, how can I be born again?" A second time, you know, he was just thinking naturally. And he said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So what is that talking about? It's a spiritual rebirth. A rebirth of the human spirit. And so, over in Colossians 1.13, the Bible says this, that we are translated into the kingdom of his dear son we are translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. What does that mean? I, that means I've been delivered out of the sin. I've been delivered out of the devil's kingdom. You know, a lot of people don't like to, to hear this, but if they're not born again, they're in the devil's kingdom. And some people know that. I mean, some people say, well, yeah, I know I'd go to hell if, if, if I died right now. But the Bible says... We have been delivered. Say, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Or, as it says, also translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Hallelujah. Paul tells Timothy over in 2 Timothy 4.18 that God is able to preserve me to His heavenly kingdom. He's able to preserve me to His heavenly kingdom. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking to fall. I'm not looking to miss it. I'm not looking to make mistakes. I'm not looking to sin. I'm looking to stand. I'm I'm looking to stand up and and be able to stand up before my master one day and hear hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says over in Jude, one of the last verses in Jude, only one chapter, he says, Now unto him that is able, he's able. (laughs) We were talking about he's able. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his his, um, throne and before his glory. God is able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling into sin that that, that once held you bound, into a habit. Into a lifestyle. He's able to keep you. He's able to keep you. Some of you just need to believe that today. That he's able to keep me. He's able to keep me today. <clears throat> I don't have to go back to the devil. I don't have to go back to the world. I don't have to go back to the flesh and its desires. Amen. I can crucify the flesh. I can mortify the desires. I can kill those things. That's, you know, that's a, that's a real strong word. Mortify. Think about mortician. Mortify. Not that they kill the bodies, but, you know, they just deal with them once they're dead. But uh, <laughs> you, you hope so, anyway. <clears throat> you mortify something. What does that mean? You kill it. Put it to death and subdue it. Why? Because your flesh has a voice. If you don't believe it, just turn to your neighbor and pinch them and see. See, see if your, your body has a voice. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God is able to preserve me to his heavenly kingdom. <clears throat> what does that mean? I'm looking to make it. I'm not looking to be cast aside to the spiritual junk heap. I'm not, I don't want to be a, a, a stat and, and just something that, well, this person, you know, they were a preacher but they missed it. Or this person was did this and they talked about God, but then they failed. No, he's able to keep me Amen. from falling. And to present me faultless. <clears throat> what does faultless mean? Without any kind of error. Without any kind of blemish. Without any kind of spot. Well, you know, but I've already sinned. Well, thank God for the blood. Thank God, but by His blood, I can stand up as though I never made a mistake. As though I never missed it. And see, that's where the accuser of the brethren comes in. He says, well, you lying thing. You, you know you did that. Well, I plead innocent by the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's why the Bible says you have to forget those things that are behind. One thing that you're going to have to do as a believer to be successful is your forgetter is going to have to be in good working order. What does that mean? You have to learn to forget. You're a forgiver and you're a forgetter. And actually those things actually go together. You have to forgive somebody and forget it. You ever heard somebody say, well, you know, I've forgiven them, but I'll never forget what they did to me. Well, that's not forgiving. (laughs) You have to forgive and forget it, as though they never made a mistake. That doesn't mean that you necessarily trust them the next day. Sometimes those things have to be built back up. But you forgive and you forget. Hallelujah. The Apostle James says this in verse 2, verse 5. He says, talking about those rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm not just heirs of just something natural on this earth. I'm not just heirs of somebody's will on the earth. I'm an heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm part of an eternal kingdom. Hallelujah. I think I need to run around a little bit right now. Hallelujah. But you know that everybody in the world is not part of the kingdom of God did you know that you know because some people preach that you know everyone's going to go to heaven that you know everybody is is God's child but you know there's there's a a teaching about the universal brotherhood of man that's not right that all men are brothers Jesus told some very religious people you are of your father the devil And his works you're going to do because he's your father. Probably swallowed their false teeth when he said that. (laughs) But not everybody. And people say the same thing about that God is everyone's father. But he's not. He's not. Only to those that have been born again. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. He says, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty plain, isn't it? But look at verse 11, and such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So even if if you look at that and think, oh boy, I was several of those things, but now the Bible says, but now you are washed, now you're sanctified, now you're justified in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So that means that those things don't dictate to me anymore who I am. I have a new identity. See, that's what old friends want to do. Old friends that you used to hang with maybe in high school. And you see them and they, they, they can't figure you out now because something's different. Why? Because you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And there's nothing that you have to fellowship with. You know, true fellowship comes from those things that you hold in common. There's a lot of people in churches, you know, they, the only thing they think about fellowshipping with is a plate of lasagna. But you, you have to have more than that to have true fellowship. You have to have things spiritually in common. That's where true fellowship comes out of. Now, we like having faithful fellowship, so don't, that's going to be next Sunday. So don't, don't forget about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want you to see what Paul said in, in Ephesians 5. Talking about the kingdom of God, he said, For this know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers... With them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. See, that's why the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation. Some of you just need to realize there's no condemnation in your life. No condemnation. Now I'm not talking about if you're living after in a wrong lifestyle, but the Bible says there's no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So if, you're, if you've repented in life, if you're walking after the Lord, there is no condemnation. No, not one. Not guilty. You just need to plead innocent. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I know this is for some of you, this is like taking some, some tough medicine, but look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. So even if you go through some things, guess what? It's just part of your testimony. You want to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. So anything, you know, Paul said this. He said, the things that I'm facing, he said, they're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Those things are not even worthy to be compared to the the goodness of God and the things in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. The Bible says this, and we just got out of the book of Revelation Revelation 11, verse 15 says this, that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Made me think of the the great hallelujah chorus. And he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. He shall reign forever and ever. And we're going to reign with him as kings and priests of our God. I'm sorry if it can't get any more exciting than that. I mean, you know, I don't have anything else to do. If that's not enough, that's, I I failed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Every kingdom on this earth shall come to naught. Everything shall pass away. Every kingdom on this earth, every country, everything shall pass away. Every every person in charge, everyone, the Bible says, shall bow their knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't care if that's Hitler or Mussolini or anybody. They're all going to bow their knee. Do it now. Hallelujah. And so, what's the most important thing in our life today? The most important thing is that we make it. And your family. As the man of the house, make sure that your family goes to heaven. Make sure that your, your family serves the Lord. Hallelujah. And that you have fruit, and eternal fruit that remains. It's not so important that people know your name down here. I think that when we get to heaven, people are going to gonna step up and they're going to they're gonna say, okay, Lord, I'm here to receive my reward. And God's going to call some, some white-haired granny from the back. She's going to come up. Why? Because she prayed. Because she interceded. Because she, she, she fasted. And she gave her life for the things of God. See, God rewards faithfulness. He doesn't reward offices. All that means is people have more responsibility sometimes if they stand in a five-fold ministry or they stand as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That just means they have a, a different calling. But every person who is faithful receives the same reward. So as, as a church or, or as a ministry, if a ministry, just say like, like our pastor who has touched untold millions of people. Well, see, we, we, we sow into that ministry as a church. So you as a, a member of this church, as you're sitting here, you're going to receive rewards for the things that he does. So what does that mean? If you want rewards, you need to get involved. So that's why if you can't if you can't go yourself, you can help someone go. <clears throat> I mean, I know just a couple of days ago, I just had a, I, I just knew him on the inside of me. I need to give something. You know what I did? Broke out the, my phone, text to give. And this was a ministry in Florida. Well, Florida and Missouri. They have two different churches. But it's a, it's a, it's a ministry that's dear to my heart. So I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my, my finances where my heart is right now and give. And at the same time, Lord, I thank you right now that that same anointing that's on them and, 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 the, and the, the outreaches and the things they're doing, I thank you, Lord, that we shall do the same things in Jesus' name. That's not a way to manipulate God. But, but when you do something genuinely, that same anointing can come on you. I remember he listened to Brother Copeland one time. He said that he was helping this one person. He heard of this one lady, and I forgot where it was in another country, but she would rescue babies where they would just, they wouldn't abort the baby, but they'd just get rid of the baby and just throw them in the trash. This lady would go in dumpsters and find babies and nurse them back, you know, like take them to the hospital and, and care for them and, um, and uh, just watch over them and raise those kids up. He said, God, I want some of that same compassion. So what do he do? He said, I started giving and sowing into that ministry that that lady was doing. Why? He said, I want that same compassion. Paul's talked about people that were partakers of his grace. Why? Because they gave into his ministry. So whenever you put your your money, your finances, your prayers into something, that same anointing comes on your life as well. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So the one thing that matters in our life is that heaven knows our name. Do you remember when when Paul was dealing with a a spirit one time? He cast the, the devil out of this this girl who by fortune telling made money. And the Bible says that she would say, these are the servants of the Most High God. But who wants the devil testifying for you? She spoke by this evil spirit. And then Paul, said, after many days, turned and said to the spirit. He didn't talk to her. He dealt with the spirit. A lot of times we deal with people when we should be dealing with the spirit behind it. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And, and anyway, all those people were mad. Well, there was another occasion, you know, she got delivered, but there was another occasion where the, there were seven, seven sons of Sceva. And the Bible says that they went in there and they said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't have any uh, any personal knowledge of Jesus. They they were not acquainted with him personally. But but hey, Wayne's God that he talks about, we adjure you by him. And that devil spoke up and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the Bible says that 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 spirit on them jumped on them, (coughs) beat them up. Tore their clothes off. Became the first nudist colony in the Bible. And it said they they went out there wounded and naked. Why? Because they were trying to act on something that wasn't real to them. So it's not important that people know you, but does heaven know you? And does hell know who you are? Jesse DePlantis has a, uh, a teaching Are you known in hell? Does hell know your your name? Amen. So that's that's what's important in life, is that heaven knows who we are. We are part of an everlasting kingdom that shall know no end. And so what do we do now? We occupy till he comes. We're busy ministering the word of God, ministering to other people, touching people, and then we get the heaven out of here. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So that means that there's a lot of work yet to be done. There's a lot of work yet to be done. So that's what we're doing. That's what we want to do on a daily basis is prepare people and us live a life that's ready to the glory of God. Amen. So then I can hear, well done. Good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I didn't get to this. This was going to be my main focus for the whole service. But the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not just about about rules and regulations. But you know what the kingdom of God is about? What does the kingdom of God look like today for us? Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. What should the, the kingdom of God look like in your life? I should see a lot of righteousness and, and, and right standing with God. And, and you're walking in with the fruits of righteousness, the Bible says. I should see a lot of peace in your life. I, I see Rama, and, and to the glory of God, I see a lot of peace in his life that, that 18 months ago he didn't have. I see many of you with, with, with the joy of the Lord on, on the inside of you. <clears throat> so all those things are, are signs today. What is the kingdom of God? It's not about me keeping 42 things. You know, there's, there's people that, 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 you know, before they can even leave the house, they have 50 things they have to do. I don't have that kind of time in life to do all that. I gotta pray the Lord's prayer and I gotta give and I gotta have communion and I gotta dance before the Lord and then I gotta um, speak about this. I gotta make this confession. I gotta no. It it should be a flow. Yeah. It should just be a natural flow. You don't do that with your, your spouse, do you? You go through fifty things and you tell them fifty things and then you gotta this and this and I love you and this and this and that and, then, and, then, and, then, and then. no, you just it's a flow. Why? Because it's fellowship, Amen. righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, we just lift up the name of Jesus today. We thank you that your kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for that today. Lord, that that Outworking will outwork in every area of our life. That the joy of the Lord is our strength today. Lord, we speak the joy of the Lord over your people today. Thank you that you strengthen them today. Thank you that they're strong in you today. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we always like to give this invitation because just perchance, if even there's one person that's not sure of their salvation we're talking about the kingdom of God today but the kingdom of God starts with the decision that I'm going to make Jesus Christ the lord of my life so if you're in this place and you say pastor will I've I've never accepted Jesus as my lord and savior but today I want to make that decision I want to make sure that heaven is my home then we want to pray with you and for you or secondly we know that things happen in life and that, that, that people, for whatever reason, have walked away from the Lord. But they, if that's you today, if you say, you know, I, I walked away from the Lord, but I want to come back to Him, I want to make sure that, that things are right with the Lord and I. Things haven't been right, and I haven't been serving Him like I should, but I want to serve Him today. Or thirdly, if you're not sure and you, you want to just make sure and just have that eternal security that, that I'm right with the Lord and, and the devil can't lie to me anymore. On any three of those. If you want to make sure, if you want to come to the Lord for the first time. Or if you just want to come back to the Lord and and, and be back in fellowship. With no one looking around, just raise your hand and say, pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know this, when we talk about being committed to the Lord... It starts with a, um, a decision, but, you know, it's something that, that you have to do more than one time. Not, not to give your life to the Lord, but you have to consecrate yourself. Who's ever noticed in life that you have, to, you have to consecrate yourself to the plan of God and to the will of God? What does that mean? Not my will, but yours be done. Why? Because there's always things that want to come against you. There's always things that want to deter you from following Him fully. So I just want to uh, just pray this prayer of consecration. Because we're sharing about being committed to the kingdom of God. It's it's nothing that, oh, you know, it's just such a heavy thing. No, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Jesus' burden is light and easy. That's what, that's what your walk with the Lord should be, is light and easy. I'm not carrying a heavy load today, and neither should you. <laughs> Amen. So, so say this with your mouth and let your heart agree. Say, Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for sending Jesus for me. Lord, today, I commit myself to you afresh. And Lord, I will go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll be what you want me to be. Not my will, but yours be done. To the glory of God. Lord, here's my life. Use it. Get glory to yourself. And Lord, let my life help others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. A hundred years from now, it doesn't matter. If someone knew what your name was. Everybody's about leaving this legacy. Well the the biggest legacy you can leave. Like people in the world may not know who. The woman that that poured that gift on Jesus. They may not know. But but when you read the Bible. He said what she's done. Because it was for the Lord. What she's done. Wherever this gospel is preached. She'll be. It, it shall be preached what this woman has done. And we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Thank you, Lord. So I want my legacy to be that, that I believe God and that I influence others for Him. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, I know it's a little different kind of message today, but we, needs all, we need all kind of messages sometimes. Hallelujah.